everyone, in today's episode, I'm joined with Asha, and, and Asha has um, arthritis colitis. And today, and today we're, we're going to be hearing about her journey so far, and uh, and, and yeah, so so welcome, Asha, um, for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. be there. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we're 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 caught away from each other at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm in upstate New York, so there's quite a distance there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, you can it's, uh, very much so because uh, as we're like recording now, it's dark where I am, and it's nice and sunny where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice out today, luckily, but it'll probably get dark and cold right when you know around your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just glad I'm inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so just start off with Asha, if you'd just like to uh, like in, like introduce yourself, say a little about yourself. Okay, yeah. Um, so my name is Asha, obviously. Uh, I'm uh, 22, uh, from upstate New York, kind of, uh, Binghamton. And um, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis uh, in about June of 2016. Um, I was actually a month before I turned 18. And... Um, there was about a period of a year before where, you know, I had a little bit of symptoms, but I didn't think anything of it. Um, but then with the stress of finals graduating and I was about to start my first job and I was about to move away for the first time to college, all that stress, it just, uh, my symptoms just escalated so, so quickly. Um, so I actually was diagnosed by a pediatric GI doctor who I still see actually. Um, and he immediately, you know, did a colonoscopy and said, oh, yep, you have UC definitely without a doubt. Um, so, and I've been, you know, it's been five, yeah, going on five years now. Um, but I'm, it took me that long, but I'm finally in remission. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, because I think with remission, it can be hard to get there because like, every, like of course everyone's different. With, uh, infl- inflammatory bowel disease and like it takes time and like the amount of medication you can get on and uh, just right. try to get, try, trying to get like into a good place. Yeah, it, it took a very long time for me. Um, I did have, uh, you know, a total colectomy. Um, it took, you know, only less than six months before from the diagnosis till the surgery because it got so bad so fast. Um, but I did have the J pouch made, so that's how I'm currently what I'm currently living with um, for the last three-ish years. Um, and it took those three years to get the pouch under control and to get in remission. I'd say I've been in remission for about I'd say six months, and I'm very grateful because I don't take any medication related to my IBD and I'm still able to you know get in remission and hopefully stay there yeah. I think it is right like I think that's a good like it's good that you don't have to take like much medication because I think that, that kind of like depending on what medication you're on because it can really dampen that like your immune system as well right yeah I've heard a lot I talked to I'm in a couple like uh group chats on the app whatsapp um and it's mostly people from england too um but um yeah they're always talking about you know all these medications they have to try and the side effects and you know i'm just i'm super grateful to be able to not have to do that and deal with that so 
but I really do sympathize for those that you know have to go through that all that trial and error with medications I, I think I'm on a I think I'm on I think I'm on a group chat as well on, on WhatsApp that has uh, quite a few people with Crohn's and colitis and as well so I do think oh, they, yeah, they, they can be very helpful oh definitely yeah I get a lot of support from those groups and they they really mean a lot to me everyone in them and i i think we're actually in one of the same group chats yeah yeah, yeah i did see your name come up yeah i don't think i say too much <laughs> i think that's um, okay yeah yeah because uh like i think uh, because lots of people say lots as well don't they and yeah there's a lot of people in that group chat so it's <laughs> it's hard to keep up with <laughs> yeah. i wake up to like a thousand missed messages and i'm like oh okay yeah i think i've put it on silent <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. Yeah. So, 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 so you don't get maybe if you're sleeping and you see all these messages that uh, wake you up. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep, that's how yeah. it goes. Because of the time difference, because most of them are in England, so they're getting up and talking while I'm still asleep. And then I get up and everyone's at work doing stuff and none of them's active. So <laughs> I don't talk much in them either. So I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it got like. I think because you're trying to keep busy as much as you can and like as well like especially in the pandemic and how hard it is to do stuff and keep yourself busy but just finding like those maybe few things that you can do just to keep yourself occupied yeah that's it's really important especially right now I agree yeah yeah like like just go going out for walks I think it really helps just yeah I've been since the pandemic I've been taking my dog out more than I used to just to be able to get out of the house and get some fresh air and not be stuck in the house all day every day so yeah and I do yeah and I do live with my parents still just while I'm finishing college um so you know it's it's the three of us and it gets a little frustrating sometimes being stuck in the same house every day with the same people but you know, we manage just like everyone else in the world right now. Yeah, we got used to this for quite a while, just staying in and not yeah. seeing people. Maybe like people like, which can be hard for some people that don't like. I like find it hard to maybe not see the friends, family, which haven't been for a while. Yeah, it's been actually it's been a while since I've seen my um, my grandpa lives in uh, Westchester, so kind of outside the city. And um, unfortunately, just the day before Thanksgiving, my grandma passed away and I was not able to go to any service or see my grandpa or do anything. And it was, it definitely made a big impact and made a big difference compared to if it was different, you know, a different situation. Yeah, it is, I think that, that those situations are quite upsetting because it, like, you're just thinking about like, possibly like, like like a member in your family like it doesn't I don't think it even has to be related to COVID it can be uh, other things as well where you can't see them and, and go into a hospital and pay, pay like a, a visit to them which can be hard and like and, and not saying at least like at least what you would want to do is at least say goodbye or something like that which is uh, which sometimes we can't do at the minute yeah that's that's how it was my grandma she was she was on dialysis for a while and it was just too much for her so she just decided to stop it and 
I was only, the only thing I could do was give her a phone call because, you know, I couldn't go visit her. I couldn't even, she wanted us to, but we said, you know, we can't, we, me and my mom really are at risk, high risk. Um, so we really, you know, can't risk it to go down there. So it was, it was quite upsetting, but we knew it was, you know, it, we had a lot of time where we knew it was coming. Um, because she told us ahead of time that was her plan. Um, so it made the grieving process a lot easier when you know it's coming, so. Yeah, so you can kind of prepare for what, what's gonna happen. Exactly, yeah. So it, it definitely made it a little easier to manage and get through, but we're okay, so. Yeah, yeah because like, I think, I think it, like, it's kind of driving us insane, like this uh, pandemic, I think. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely driving me insane. Especially, it's, I can't believe it's been a whole year. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just see things are popping up in my memory, saying like, because the year that, that I think it was recently, just the other day, where it was like one one year ago on the day where kind of ours hit. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I think that, that next week is when uh, my state officially started the first quarantine. I think it was like the 16th of March or something like that. Very, the time flew by, but it also feels like forever ago. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Situations. Yeah, it does, and hopefully, uh, like maybe soon or like I don't know about soon that we can get back to some sort of like I don't know. I wouldn't say normal because we don't know what normal is anymore. Just. So it, because it's not going to be the same, is it? Like, like before, just some sort of like, 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 where we know what's going to happen. Like, like we can get back to some sort of like routine. Yeah, and I think that you know, once most people are vaccinated, they'll be able to kind of open a little more things up and kind of get a little more. I guess the word is like lenient with how strict it's been recently. You know. I think that, you know, by fall, it'll be a little easier to deal with. Yeah, and I think it, like, it's just like, like, because of course not everyone will get vaccinated because everyone has their certain opinions and, and like part of that is just, it will take, I think, a lot of while, like for everyone to get vaccinated as well. Right, yeah. So like, my, 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 I know that most of us said last year that we hope this year is a better year, but I, I think that, maybe the later half of this year that like the second half of 2021 could be an okay year hopefully a better christmas as well and then um yeah next year could be maybe a fresh start maybe but even though i think personally coronavirus will still be with us like for for the long run it it, it, it will still be there it may be possibly it may be like the like the flu jab like have a yearly but for some people that maybe have to be the case with like uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, and I think that is probably pretty likely because there's so many different strains that I've heard and a lot of them are much more resistant to, you know, the vaccine and anything that they can do for COVID. So yeah, I think that's definitely a real possibility with that, yeah. Yeah, I keep hearing, like like, like you say, quite a lot of strains. I think a recent one I've heard is Brazil, I think. So I think Mm -hmm. they're coming, coming all over the place, but I think, yeah. I think it like it is normal what there there is a strain because like with like with anything there's going to be a strain or like uh, complications but 
hopefully, uh, like, it, 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 it'll be a much safer place in the world like that soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I yeah. think we're all hoping, really. Yeah, yeah we're praying, we're hoping. We're yeah. hoping uh, better times are coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a coincidence as well, because I think 100 years ago, like, from last year, that uh, there was another pandemic. Um, so I think it's kind yeah, of going... Yeah, the Spanish flu. Yeah, and it's going in some sort of a pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who knows, in another 100 years, there might be another one. Yeah, it could be. Definitely possible. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, but I think that, um, like, like uh, I think, like, as well, it, it, in a way, it can maybe you can relate to, like, in, like the different kind of illnesses that aren't always, like, like seeable. Like, for example, ulcerative colitis in Crohn's, where you could, uh, I say you could kind of relate that to, like the coronavirus in a way because some people are symptomatic where they can't can't see if they have right. the coronavirus where uh, you get a lot where with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis you can't really see what someone is going through like if they're in a flare or anything like that because you don't see inside someone's body <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah I definitely agree with that yep yeah, yeah but I think like I found like the past year, it's been a good, it's been a, it's been a good way to like speak about like like microns and yeah, like IBD as well, just to raise awareness. Even though it's at home, but you can do a lot of things at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you're creative enough, you can yeah. do plenty of things. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just gotta have the mind for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think like I was like like with Alfred colitis and. Crohn's are in the same like bubble, I should say, like it, like inflammatory bowel disease, and there's probably still there's, there's loads out there which we probably don't even know, and then we learn. I think yeah. everyone learns stuff all the time. I think. Yeah, because yeah, over the years I've learned that there's so many different kinds of like other types of ulcerative colitis, like if it affects a different part of your colon and like things like that, and I never knew that before. You know, I just thought. IBD was just ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, you know, but there's so many different things that can happen yeah. that with IBD in general. Definitely. And like, like, like yeah. you said that, like you, you had, had a J pouch for like a couple of years and like, mm-hmm. how, 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 how was like, maybe at first, like, how was it like, like knowing that you, 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 you was going to have one and like, how are you feeling about it? Honestly, um, it was a very quick decision. I didn't get a lot of time to think about it. Um, they knew I had to have surgery about six months after I was diagnosed, so it was about October of 2016. Um, and my GI doctor recommended me to go to Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, because that's about six hours from here. Um, so they said, this is what we do, and did the total, like, you know, said we do the total colectomy and give you this fake colon. So I actually was unaware that you could get, you know, an ileostomy and just keep that for a while and then choose to go to a J pouch, uh, which I probably would have chosen that option. Um, but I was just given no option and just rushed into a J pouch like within a year. Yeah. So it was kind of a, they didn't really give me fully informed consent about all my options, um, but I think it turned out okay in the long run, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you're 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 doing okay, like with it now. 
Yeah, it took it took a while, but for the last six to eight months, it's been very calm and much much less bowel movements. You know, in terms of frequency, and um, I haven't had blood in my stool for oh many years since before the surgery even. Like ever since the J pouch, I don't have an issue with that part. That, that, that is really good because I know that is scary. I was seeing yeah. blood in your stools, and I've had fair few experiences of that and like so sometimes I still do like to, like to, to today like um like, like I think sometimes you would know if it is serious to so have it checked out as well because they're not yeah you'll know but um yeah that is yeah that is anytime scary. I do have like my GI doctor he's he's pediatric but since I saw him right before I turned 18 he you know he's kind of the guy he's super nice so he's kind of the guy that says I'll see you through college so that you don't have to go away and find a new doctor. Um, so he's still my GI doctor. And, you know, as soon as there's blood in my stool, he's like, all right, colonoscopy, or at this point, pouchoscopy, I guess, um, or endoscopy, or, you know, he's always on top of it. And as soon as there's even a little bit, he wants to know, okay, what is this? How can we fix it? You know, so I'm actually very grateful to have him as a doctor. He's a, he's a great doctor. Yeah, I think it is really helpful when you do get like a doctor that you can maybe say like you trust as well, because like yeah, although they have all the like they have all the they have to even learn about ulcerative colitis, like inflammatory bowel disease and like Crohn's, like you you have like all those people that have to learn about it anyway, and that like builds like more people knowing knowing about it and yeah, but I think that that is like it's really good when you have that person that like. Like understands you and like they they do give you like like different ways you can go about it as well yeah and he's always very on top of things and I'm actually going to be pretty bummed because I do finish college in about a year because um, you know it took me I took a lot of semesters off you know since I got sick so it's taken me a while to get where I am in college uh, but I'm, I'm pretty bummed out because you know in about a year I'll have to find a new non-pediatric GI doctor and honestly in my area the doctors most of them whether it's another specialty or primary um, they're not that good and they don't know what they're doing so you know I'm probably having to go out of town to find a good one because he's the only one in this area that I, that I truly trust and I think that's very important to be able to trust and you know just be able to kind of um what's the word uh, just be able to put all your yeah put all your trust in him and and be you know confident that he knows what he's doing and is going to keep your best interests in mind yeah, yeah I, think, I think i agree that is, it is really important like like uh like that you have all these different ways you can go about it like like uh, i know a lot of people that have had like like so bad jay pouch said there's and that's another thing like having a chronic illness and then ha having that on top is like having to learn more about that like like jaypatch for example and, and what it does and how it can help you yeah and i have heard there's like other kinds of pouches um i'm not sure the difference but um i don't know what made them decide J pouch for me but yeah it's it's definitely i think made a big difference in my journey with ibd and I think, you know, although it did take a while with it to get in remission, it definitely was a big part of getting me there. And now I, I'm like having 
almost normal amount of bowel movements per day. Like it's not excessive at all. Like it was at first with the J pouch and before the J pouch. Yeah. Because when I was first diagnosed, I was going to the bathroom about 25 times a day with constant massive amounts of blood. And now I just go a normal amount, like say like three times a day at most, which is for a J pouch, they say six to eight times a day is normal. So I'm very, very lucky to only go that many times. Yeah, yeah, right. I know, like, like it, I must be, it must be well hard and probably annoying at the same time. Think, oh, I've got to go toilet again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely like, oh, great again. But um, yeah, no, I'm super happy because when they first told me, like, oh, normal amount for a J pouch is six day, I was like, that's that's still quite a bit, you know. Especially if you have to, you know, work or go to school or do whatever you have to do, and you gotta still rush to find a bathroom despite having a fake colon made but um i'm very lucky that i don't have to worry about that at, at least at the moment while i'm in remission yeah. well hopefully that lasts <laughs> hopefully it does like you said that yeah. it's been like six months at the moment um, yeah so hopefully that continues because i would say i am in like remission at the moment but that could all change like um like uh, yeah it could all change like we, 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 we just don't know like what's gonna happen do we Exactly. It's so unpredictable. And, you know, I really try and the big thing I try and help to control it is keeping my stress down because I know that's such a huge fact, especially in my situation. So, you know, I try and I only work part time jobs um, even when I'm not in school. And, um, you know, I go to school only part time and always online because I don't like having to be in the classroom and you know, if I need to rush out or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I try and make it fully online and on my schedule and just only a couple classes just so I can, you know, take the rest of the time to relax and take care of myself, which is just so important, really. Yeah, it is really important just to take that, like, to get care of yourself. And like, I think that's really important for like the past year, like, like so many things have changed. and and just like taking care of yourself is very important because I think we're all kind of used to like thinking about others and thinking about them but I think like this past year we kind of learned just to take a bit care of ourselves. Yeah yeah I'm a big I'm big into self-care and just kind of doing things that will make me happy and relaxed when I'm feeling a little anxious or stressed because I also do um, I have two autoimmune diseases actually. I also have Graves disease. Um, so I you know have a messed up thyroid. And on top of that, I also have, I don't mind telling you this, um, multiple psychiatric issues. Okay. So I take you know meds for that. like I have bipolar, OCD, ADHD, PTSD. So I have a lot of you know a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I really believe in self-care is like one of the most important things you could do for yourself, really. Definitely, definitely, because like, 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 well, I think that is really important just to keep like yourself maybe in a good place and and not worrying about what other people think. Yeah, definitely, because I had a big problem with that when I was younger, like only caring about what other people thought of me, and I. Took me a while, but I grew up and realized that that's 
that's not important at all. It has to be, you have to take care of yourself and put yourself first, really. Yeah, I, I, I was the same. I like, uh, I remember when I was at school, like uh, when I was younger and I, I, yeah, I was only worried about what, what, what people are gonna think of me and then I get older and then get more confident. And then I, I think, yeah. hang on. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not fussed what you think, I'll do, I'll do what <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just gotta do, you just gotta make yourself happy. And that's really the most important thing you could do in the world, honestly. That's, that's how I see it. Definitely, definitely. But yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, oh, and, and actually you, 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 because you, you've recently kind of uh, been battling the, the coronavirus yourself, haven't you? Yes, uh, I got it. I got tested and tested positive about, about a month ago, um, so it's the beginning of February, I would say. And, um, you know, I was really only testing, like I had never gotten tested before, um, but I got tested because I've had lack of appetite, like a serious lack of appetite for over a year now. So my GI doctor wanted to do an endoscopy to see what's going on. So of course the procedure now is to test COVID first. And he called me up on a Saturday night from his cell phone actually and said, hey, uh, you tested positive. And I just kind of went into shock. And I was like, how did that happen? Uh, you know, I wasn't near anyone that had it. Um, the only thing I think of is if someone was asymptomatic and, you know, didn't know it and passed it on to me. But um, it really, it didn't affect me as bad as I thought it would. Um, I only, I was pretty fatigued um, and exhausted and muscle achy for eh, three days, maybe a week at the most. Um, and there was a couple of days where I just slept all day and all night. Um, and other than that, it was just a lot of brain fog and, um, you know, just exhaustion. But at the moment, um, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm still recovering from the fatigue and brain fog mostly, but I think it's mostly gone and that um, I'm on, I'm pretty much okay and almost fully recovered at this point. So, because yeah. I, I know there are like a lot of long-term effects of it that can last, um, you know, weeks or months even because my GI doctor told me he had it and it, he was tired for six weeks. So, you know, it's it's definitely a long-term thing in some situations. Yeah, it is. It, it, it like, uh, it, it's good that you've recovered because like, like as well, like I would imagine you, you were probably quite scared and frightened like hearing like, like getting like that, that getting that test and seeing, and seeing that you've, that you had like, have coronavirus. Yeah. I actually, yeah, my first instinct was, um, I actually was super upset and started crying because since I live with my parents, uh, my mom is very, very at risk and has basically no immune system because um, she has also, I got it from her, multiple autoimmune diseases, um, one of which is chronic hives. Um, so she gets completely covered in hives. So she was taking uh, prednisone steroids for uh, over two years straight, um, which I know a lot of people with IBD have to do as well, but it ended up destroying her immune system completely and breaking her back. And um, so I was really, really nervous that I had gotten too close before I realized I was positive and that I may have given it to her um, because she knows, she actually knows some people 
who have the same situation, health situation as her. And when they got COVID, they ended up on a respirator in the hospital and possibly not ever leaving the hospital. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very upset and nervous that I was gonna give it to her, but you know, she realized that she probably had it months ago and didn't realize it. And um, so she's not, she's not worried about, you know, catching it from me anymore. So I was, but at first I was definitely like devastated. <laughs> Like well, when you had it, like you first had it, like like um like because you said you you like live with your parents, like that like did did you have like to, like stay away and like self isolate as such? What was that? Um, that was that was the thing. I freaked out because I thought I was gonna have to, and I I do sleep um like I stay pretty much um in the downstairs finished basement, and they mostly stay upstairs like anyway. But, you know, I do hang out with them and get in close contact. So when I first heard I tested positive, I freaked out because I said, oh, no, I'm going to have to, you know, isolate down there by myself and not be able to be near my parents, all that stuff. And my mom said, you know what? Don't worry about it. We've already been in close contact. If I get it, it's already, you know, in my system probably. So they, my parents didn't even make me, like, quarantine like that. Obviously, I had to quarantine and not go out of the house as per the state laws um but yeah I, I wasn't you know quarantining from my parents because they know that it's if they get it it's probably not going to be a big deal at this point yeah 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 like like um it, it, it's an experience that you can like t- tell lots of people like of course everyone gets it different but it, like it's safe to say that like, you you kind of like you survived it, shall we say? She survived the coronavirus, and like, um, like, like you felt tired, like you, you felt like you had a wakey bones, but yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, do you get fatigued with your ulcerative colitis as well? Definitely, yeah, I definitely get all uh, fatigue and some brain fog from just ulcerative colitis in general, even when I'm in remission. Um, so I always have a little bit of fatigue and brain fog going on pretty much constantly. Um, but I manage it with um, some of my psychiatric meds help kind of wake me up a little in the morning. Um, and if I really need to, I grab a coffee or a caffeine pill if I'm, you know, that exhausted. But I, I try and make sure I get, you know, enough hours of sleep, like eight to nine, sometimes even 10, because sometimes that's just what I need. and. Um, I try my best to just use coping skills and managing my uh, my day and routine to, you know, minimize the effects of that, you know, fatigue and brain fog. Yeah. Because yeah. I know a lot of people struggle with that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I get fatigue as well, and I, I I notice how much difference it is. Like before, like I, I was diagnosed in 2017, so that's been a fair few years now. So. I uh, I I, I kind of notice how different it is to um, to to now having it like with Crohn's and and I, and I like I remember just doing like a PE once at college and I, I was trying so hard like to, for the team and then I, I was just so tired I could have just fallen asleep on the side <laughs> and yeah just, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah I get very sometimes when I wake up I just. I come upstairs and I just fall right asleep on the couch because it's just, yeah. and I'll fall, I'll fall asleep there for a good couple hours and I'll wake up and I'm like, what? what? 
I don't even realize it. And it just, sometimes it's really, really bad. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I'll push through it, you know? <laughs> just, it varies so much. It's, it's, it's very unpredictable, all of it. Yeah, yeah. It, would you notice any difference, like, between the fatigue that you would have your old friend close and the one when, like, was, like, having, like, the COVID, the coronavirus? Oh, yeah, there was a huge, like, a huge difference. Um, such an increase in fatigue. I really, for three or four days straight, could not stay awake. I would fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. I was just, I, like, could not even just keep my head upright. Um, and it was, yeah, there was definitely a huge increase in, in fatigue and brain fog and all that wonderful stuff. <laughs> like and like stress as well it like like that's the same with me uh like uh, like stress makes me have pain as well like of course everyone stresses but but you can find ways to reduce it but it can it has it can be hard like within this past year it's been very stressful i think for like everybody but um it's just like just trying to find ways around it yeah and i think yeah, it's definitely very helpful to have like coping skills that work for you. And, you know, I try and use those as much as I can. And I learned a lot of them from like, um, like uh, what my mom does. She's a psychiatrist. So like CBT, like coping skills for therapy and stuff like that, um, like behavioral coping skills. And so, you know, I, you know, I try and, you know, relax if I start feeling a little stressed out or anxious. And I definitely, you know, I try and, you know, keep that down to a minimum and I work my routine around that so that, you know, because as soon as I get a little too much stressed, I notice like everything starts acting up again, like all my fatigue, my brain fog, my bowel movements and definitely my joints. That's a big thing for me. Yeah, I'm the same like with joints. I get like quite a lot of joint pain, like like sometimes I get really achy legs and especially like if I'm maybe doing sports or anything like that I, I, I have to like like I have to like rest for a couple of days because I'm so achy everywhere I can't hardly move it's like I've done a marathon but I haven't I've just uh, played <laughs> maybe a little bit of like football or something like that but it is a uh, like, that's the annoying thing about having like IBD is like you have all these different kind of symptoms that like you'll risk at quite a lot of different complications even before covid like it was i, I, I was always careful i always used to carry my uh, a little soap in my pocket a hand sanitizer but uh, i think the world is getting more used to that now like there'll be a thing like it'll be changed for people um having to have that hand sanitizer and i remember at the the, the beginning of the pandemic that in the, in the uk there was like a shortage of uh, toilet rolls and uh, like soaps and everything, they're all stocking up. And I was kind of thinking, yeah. I was thinking, um, does a uh, hang on, like I thought people would know like the hygiene and not just kind of stock up. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly the same here. Actually, at the grocery stores, they said at first they were limiting, you know, buying a roll of you know a big pack of toilet paper to one per person and you could never find hand sanitizer wherever you went and people were just like stockpiling it all and i was i was like how are people like me and us with ibd supposed to you know get what we need with when all these people that don't really need it like that are just hoarding it really 
Yeah. It was it was quite ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I I completely agree. It's just like the world has changed a lot within the last year. Like um like so sometimes you may think, why did we have to be like in, in this time? Like what why can this happen? Like not in our lifetimes, but nothing we can do. Yeah. It's just life and everything, you know, IBD and the COVID. It's just all part of life that we just have to work through and be strong and, and manage. And, you know, it's always good to have, you know, friends and supporters and people that you can lean on if you're, you know, you're having a hard time or anything. Yeah, I think it is important, like, to still stay in contact, like, um, through, like, maybe not seeing them and, like, having less time with them. Because like it's very hard. Like uh, with like lockdown, probably never experienced lockdown since like last year as well. And that like, that's a new thing. And the countries, like your countries on lockdown, it's a uh, it's, it's all new. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like nothing we've ever dealt with before. But at this point, it's kind of the new normal almost. It's. And it's going to be really weird going back to trying to switch back to the old normal, which I don't think is ever going to, you know, really, I think maybe in a couple of years it'll go back to normal, normal, but it's going to take a while, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we might be seeing people in masks for a while yet. Yes, definitely. I think so. Masks are going to be a thing for a while, which it's annoying, but, you know, it, it does make a big difference in trying, you know, in the fact that we're trying to get rid of it, so... Yes. Helpful but frustrating. Yeah, it's very, it is very frustrating. Like, I, like when I go for walks, I, I tend to stay away from anyone. Like, I, like, I'll go with my family and walk, but I wouldn't like tend like so. I wouldn't just bump into someone and say, hey, like, like have a nice conversation with them. <laughs> I wouldn't do any of that. Like, I, I remember maybe last summer it was uh, an alright time. It's like in the UK with COVID, it was kind of calmed down a bit where you could actually meet them, like friends, of course, from a distance and wearing all the good gear but hopefully maybe this summer and this year can get better yeah i'm hoping i'm very excited to see uh you know how summer goes and hopefully i can you know make some trips and i've been dying to like go on some road trips and stuff because you know haven't been able to go anywhere and finally hopefully i can me and my you know my boyfriend want to try and you know go to niagara falls you know go to some road trips and just you know get away for a little while because it's you know it's been so cooped up around here it's just it's frustrating it's rough it's just it's getting on my nerves <laughs> yeah it, i'm sure it, it is for everyone yeah yeah and like in ways we can say like with like staying in for a year like some of us with like having a flare maybe or like in like real pain can kind of relate to that and say we've done already we, we know how the experience so in a way you can say that's good, even though it's not good having all that pain, but you can say it's good that we've, some of us have, have experienced that already just to get ready for what's happened already. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard some people say almost the exact thing that, you know, because I, I do know in the group chats a good amount of people that are, you know, having issues and it's rough, but it, you know, they're used to having to deal with this kind of situation with COVID and I think it does make it a little easier on them especially if they're going through a hard time with a flare or something surgery or whatever it is you know yeah, definitely well I think we've had a really good chat um Asha because yeah. we've, we've had a like, nice listen to like your, your journey uh so far 
and like it's good that you've like battled through like covid because uh i know what we'll 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 you, you, you really wanted to come on and like tell your story as well and I know we've uh we've waited a while but it's good that you've f- f- like recovered and you're and you're still uh fighting on it yeah thank you I appreciate that yeah well, well thank you again uh, have a nice rest of the day um Asha yeah you too